Welcome back. Welcome back. What is good? Into the last dragon, your host Roy Rob. I have a special one for us today. I have a longtime friend, my homeboy, Mr. Darnell Ivy, on the yeah. line with us today. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Going on, my dude. Been a minute. Been a minute, man. Finally got you on the podcast, man. I'm a, I'm super excited because you bring so much value to my listeners when it comes to that musical musical side. And right now. The world is exploding black culture area when it comes to black people, hip hop, music, martial arts, all of the above because of the freaking woo. Wu Tang, shout out. We got a live episode coming y'all way, so y'all get ready. So Mr. Ivy, man, what, what people call you, man? What do you go by? Like well, I know you by you by your government name, but but is is there something else that you go by? Like who 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 are you and who, tell me tell my fans about yourself. Uh yeah, what's good? Yeah, I um, I recently, you know, changed my name to you know Darnell Lamont, kind of what my stage name is. I used to go by uh, Doug Junior, uh, D U B J R. So, um, so, so, say it again. Your stage name is what? Because the phone it kind of cut out. Say it again. Uh, I used to go by Doug Junior, D U B J R. I go by uh, Darnell Lamont. Currently, I just had to switch my name up, you know, switch up the style. So okay, okay. So Darnell Lamont. Okay, so if you're on the stage, you singing and performing, you Darnell Lamont. I got you. Now, way I know, listeners, Darnell Lamont. You gonna have to be really paying attention because he's coming. He's coming home. Tell him what you do, man. Yeah, basically, man, songwriter, producer, engineer. Uh, you know, help produce some cats around. You know, the St. Louis, Kansas City area. Just songwriting. Um, right now, the helping out some cats here in kansas city shout out to my homie uh you know daniel said young father they doing some things they they grinding on their own i'm just you know helping out just doing some background uh support with them but uh even more so uh, i used to be in a group back in the day uh called due season you know shout out to my homies uh genesis and, and just brian man so we actually uh working on music now uh celebrating the uh the 20th anniversary of our first cd man just Made me feel older right there, but uh, <laughs> so hold on. Genesis and what was the other dude's name? Uh, just Brian, Mr. Barksdale. Okay, and then he and then the group name was what? Uh, Due Season. Nice man. Okay, okay, keep yeah. going. But uh, but I'm definitely working on my own projects. Also, uh, I put out three so far. I'm working on the fourth one now. I'm actually literally in the middle of working on the fourth one as we speak. So, man, just. Just doing what I'm passionate about, man. I love music. I love production. I love just being just submerged in it, man. Just doing the music is what I've been doing since I was 12. And, you know, just like I said, just giving my all into it. That's excellent. Now, are you uh, doing any type of training? Are you helping any other up-and-coming artists? Uh, I know you're a family man like me. Tell me any of the other stuff you're doing to give back. Uh well yeah I got actually uh there's a guy actually here in Kansas City uh his mother actually went to elementary school with me back home in St Louis uh her son lives here now and he was going to UMKC and she was asking me hey my son's there now you know mind you you mind if he you know hangs around you I, I told him about you and want him to be around some more positive guys so. I said definitely, man. So he's come over a couple of times. You know, he's he works on music. He's a produ uh, producer himself. So I've uh, been spending time with him. Um, as a matter of fact, I need to get with him. I, I haven't got with him in a minute, to be perfectly honest. But um, I've been working with him as well as uh, even in my church. I do sound at the church. I volunteer to do that uh, once a month. So that gives me a good diversity of, you know, studio recording and also engineering live sound. So wow. get, get a good balance doing that. And yeah. like I said before, uh, just working with some of the homies here in Kansas City, you know, doing features or, you know, engineering some sessions for people here. So, yeah, I'm doing quite a bit. That's great. That's great, man. So do you do you um, do you get a chance or kind of like give me a breakdown when you are kind of like doing, uh, I guess, like uh, the 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 typical work that you're currently doing how like the industry how a lot of the stuff has completely changed like um 
are you thinking of the the musical industry completely different like being when we were younger and i know you were like you said 20 years ago there was a different dynamic i'm assuming uh when it came to the music art and what it sells it was all about kind of selling like certain cassettes selling cds going platinum etc cetera, etc cetera. now it's kind of like streams man how does that affect what you currently do man it was a world of a difference bro like to like you said 20 years ago this it was still cassettes going around right and uh that was the difference um the difference now between now and then is uh, the access you have like back then when we was recording you had to go to a studio you had to go to the studio record your music on the adat uh tape to get your recording done you had to have a engineer mix your stuff uh you had to go through all those channels originally nowadays like cats making cats making hits in their grandma basement with you know with a t-shirt and some shorts on and making <laughs> music and they just send their stuff through the internet uh like you said streaming is a huge difference yeah. it's like um you know what I'm saying you it's, it's way more ways to get access way way more ma- ways to make money um all kind of things, man. So the internet and the growth of technology is the biggest difference. Being able to do things uh, from the comfort of your home compared to having to go out and do it before. See, that reminds me. So, like, it's so many things I got to go into with your with you specifically, man. Because if you you we can't peel back the onion in one episode. I'm gonna just be honest, bro. Because like we haven't even talked to you, but just in the dynamic of what sound and music does to movies. Like not just sound and music takes it to the next level. A perfect example of that is RZA. You know what I'm saying? Like you talk about production, doing all the stuff you do. RZA, he saw that from a far away. And even his works that he did on Kill Bill, he had his own. Like who who would have thought he could take what he envisioned and take it to the level he's he's took it to with the Wu-Tang, with the movie films, production, with all the stuff. He's taking it to a whole above and beyond than what, you know what I'm saying, just being a talented young brother. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into that in a second, man. I just I was just like, bro, you can't we can't peel back, peel it all back in one episode, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you, because I got so many ideas, so many questions for you. Uh but let's let's take it one day one step at a time. Um tell me how you got your interest. You're a brother, just like me. Where did your interest come in initially on the martial arts side as a kid? <clears throat> Uh, man, martial arts, man, without question, it was one of the things everybody looked forward to. Like, we came up in the era still where, like, even when you look at the uh, Wu-Tang TV show, like, how they was all big into going to the movies, watching the Kung Fu movies and things like that. We came into the era where that was slowly dying down and going into VHS. So mm-hmm. I grew up watching the VS, VHS tapes or watching uh, Bruce Lee on a Saturday afternoon, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was cool like the thing with martial arts movies what made it so cool was it was like a real life cartoon you know what i'm saying we used to seeing cartoon guys flying around and doing all these weird flips that we thought that people couldn't do they set it up on these movies where these actual cats look like they look normal like a normal human being but they flying like you know superhero cartoons or something like that so and then to see where they was fighting each other, the different styles, the different arts, man. It was always like, man, you you wanted to learn how to do that. You wanted to learn how to beat somebody up without having to have weapons and all that kind of stuff, man. So I've always been interested and fascinated in that area. So you 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 start you got your star similar to me. You was watching it on the weekends. You was hitting every blockbuster up, getting the VHS joints. You were buying it in the in the Woolworths, the Walmart, and what else? Was I, where else was I? Best no, nah, Best Buy, not for real. Kmart. Uh, you ventures, you was getting all your stuff from those type of deals, right? And renting them at the mo- local movie movie places to have a VHS, not just blockbusters. There was local movie places, people like people <laughs> like there were places you would go rent movies from that was not even blockbuster back in the day, which is crazy. Now that I think about, it. and shout out to Blockbuster, man. I know they're dead and deceased, but I found my old blockbuster car. Believe it or not, I still got my blockbuster car in my jewelry box. That's my how insane stuff. it is. <laughs> the legacy cards, man, they're gonna be worth ten thousand dollars one day. Watch, like, let me get that blockbuster card up off. <laughs> Straight comedy, man. Yeah, so, so, uh, so you kind of had your your start like I did, uh, and you 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 really fell in love with it. What what movies really stood out to you uh, that you could think of off the top of your head? 
man, I mean, without question, I guess the more the more modern ones, you got to go through, you know, The Last Dragon, Into the Dragon. Those were the ones that kind of were the bridge between uh, the old classics, you know what I'm saying, and what we kind of see that transition into today. I think those two movies really helped transition from the original Shaolin type movies into what we see in modern day. You know, Bruce Lee, Lee, Chuck Norris fight, you know what I'm saying? That was classic. You know, so even Bruce Lee with, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like all them, you know, them them kind of ones that stood out to me, man. Bruce Lee kind of set the stage for me as far as my knowledge of what Kung Fu and and martial arts were, period. He set the tone. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know, I definitely know that. Man, he's the uh, reason why I created Into the Last Dragon. Yeah, most definitely, man. So I think there's definitely the more guys that came before him, but definitely I think he's like, you got to think of like Jordan, you know, there's obviously, you know, you got Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, all these other greats that came before Jordan, but it's like Jordan kind of was that, that pivotal player in time that kind of transcended what basketball became today. So I think Bruce Lee kind of did that same thing for, for martial arts and Kung Fu movies. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree. If you really look at, and of course, there's always like they did some remake classics that like Iron Monkey, and uh, where they said that like a lot of the films was like this how it was in early 1600 or like they would show all these old films like during the Ming Dynasty and blah 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 and it'd be so old that it was nothing like okay this is like kind of current and then the thing that I love about what Bruce was doing there was a lot of truth in what was going on. And as a kid, you ain't even, I didn't pay it any mind or any understanding. Like Chinese Connection, for example, was one of those films as you, as an adult, it meant a little bit more because I knew a lot more about history. I understand that history. Like, so apparently Chinese men were referred to as sick men. There's a, there's a point, a part in there where Bruce Lee is like talking to the Japanese people that had came and, and, um, kind of, uh, uh, it kind of like rambush or kind of ambushed or like not ambushed. They kind of like ransacked uh, school at the time. And uh, they went there. The master had just died. They, they beat up all the students, blah, blah, blah. Bruce comes and he goes back after he found out what they did and just thrashed everybody at their school, thrashed a teacher. And he basically said, yo, we are not sick men. Like, and it's just thinking about that. Like, dude, it was like, this dude was like the for real dude fighting oppression. Like, it was relatable, man. Like, I related to that dude. You know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. Yeah, so, yep. uh, what now, as far as saying me and you are history, man, I kind of want to take this opportunity to really just, like I said, I'm going to peel back the layer of the onion on multiple levels. Uh, we talked about you on your martial arts side and your love for it. What do you think about the movie classics that, that like, that sound? Like, do you remember, like, The Last Dragon and the music at that time? I mean, we had The Barge on there. Um, but th- those songs still are kind of like, you could play that music and be like, dog, that's The Last Dragon. You know what I'm saying? Though, like, <laughs> some of those songs was that deal, man. I don't care what nobody said. It might not have did whatever, like, crazy. The, the, the What they try to do now and correlating or relating the music sound to the movie scene, et cetera, et cetera. What, what movies stand out in today's time? And it don't even have to be martial arts. What can you think of on the music side that you just like, do they really put that together very well? Man, I mean, you got to talk about music in general, like how music plays such an important role in theater, period. Like, yeah. uh, I think one of the earliest, underst- I, I got an understanding of that at an early age. Like I kind of, you want to talk about how to, how RZA kind of got a grip of that, you know, early on, like, Bro, I I remember I remember the episode of Reading Rainbow, bro, where right. they did a whole episode just about music and how music influences mu- uh TV show, blah 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 blah. They did an example. They showed an example of an alligator walking out of the water into the grass, bro. They played one episode. They play they played one of them walking out with some little happy uh clown music or whatever. Like you, you ain't think nothing else about it. Cool. They did the same exact scene, alligator coming out of water with that scary uh creepy kind of music and they gave yourself a whole different perception of that same exact scene bro so that's me, 100 music, man yeah so music for me always set a tone on how uh, uh scenes are played out you know what i'm saying Li- the music literally 
music literally tells you how to feel about the movie, no matter what the actor or the actors are doing in that scene or whatever. The music tells you how to feel about that scene. So it's even more important. Uh, how like I, I, I can relate to that. Even what's the what's the one song? What's the song that we used to grow? How Bill becomes a law, or what's the other one? Um, I'm a. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, you uh-huh. can literally, you like, it can come on and you could be like, oh, I know that. Or it's a lot of classic, the music and the sound, it does that to you. I, I totally agree, man. Like, right now, I'm, I'm thinking of all the different things that just relate to all the movies. And every cult classic had those sounds that, that was similar, man. Like, thinking of every, like, like, boy, there was some classic songs and certain mu- like music that you just literally, it's like, snap your finger and it's back in your mind. You can remember where you was at. New Jack City. Like, yeah. it, it, you can literally be like, dude, I remember everything about that. Like, Life, the movie. Um, I, yeah, man. Like, all those, all those classics, man. Like, I'm really, like, just blown away just thinking about it now. Like I think I think Swiss Beast was on, he was on the radio recently on uh um uh, on the Breakfast Club, and uh-huh. was talking about how he he sometimes turns away projects and just how it is so important for him if he's gonna take on something how he breathe how how it has to come to life and and he he thinks outside of the box works with different individuals to make it different and not to be the same expected you know what I mean so like for example. Did you Rambo Last Blood? You know what movie they you know what song I got for that for that movie trailer? I would answer what is Old Town Road. Like <clears throat> he, he he like dude, he's like, I hate seeing where where they just get a movie and they find what is extremely popular right now at the time and they just throw it on the movie. And yep. I didn't pay it no I didn't pay it no mind until he said that. I was like, that really last blood does not, which is a Rambo movie, does not necessarily go with Old Town Road. It is the most popular song of 2019. And that movie is now uh, tagged with Old Town Road. If you go look at the trailer, you're going to hear, I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. And I was just like, oh man, RZA hit it spot freaking on. And so you you don't necessarily remember Last Blood, the movie, by old t- when old town road come on i'm gonna remember the song old town road you, you, you see what i'm trying to go with that you see what i'm talking about no i, I know exactly what you're saying yeah and that, that's crazy though man because like like you said like crazy, it's all it's so- what, what's your thoughts on man Give me- go ahead no i was saying what's your thoughts give me some give me some movies that you think really just stand out in your head that you can like you could say, man, that was that was my movie because, and I remember this vividly. Like this is something that that really just stands out music wise. They did a great job. They really put it together, even on the disc. Like, um, what's that wedding movie called? Um, it had all classics on it. Um, was it the Best Man? Is that what it's called? Yeah. With uh, Tay Diggs and all. Yeah, and it didn't didn't it, didn't that, didn't that soundtrack have a lot of classics, like good songs on it? That did. Uh, Brown Sugar did too. Brown Sugar, that's a freaking another one. It gave you that feel, yeah. It gave you that say, feel. Yeah, I say for me, um, even when you want to stay on the whole uh, martial arts tip, like when you talk about music and martial arts, I think um, one music one 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 movie for me that I I think it's a personal classic for me is um. Uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Crouching not tiger, just, hidden dragon, bro. Yeah, yeah. The choreography for that whole movie was amazing. But the thing that made that movie so cool is you can watch the movie from top to bottom, and you ain't necessarily even got to worry about so much of the martial arts because the actual soundtrack of the of the of the movie actually carries like every scene, bro. Every every scene had a song. That was significant to that scene, and it set the tone for that scene every throughout the entire movie, bro. Even even when it didn't happen, I remember, them, I remember the scene when they was having. And he was in what was they in the desert at one point, and he was just what were they on camo or something? Remember they were in the desert or something, and it was like a certain sound that happened. And the one scene where they were getting ready to fight, he was getting ready to fight the lady who who had killed his master with that. Oh, she had, 
Yeah, man. And she shot that dart, those darts out that that with the poison in it. Yeah, man. Like each one of those scenes did that, man. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, so I think that one stood out to me a lot. Um one I, uh, in, I even composer. I said one composer. I which think, one uh, was it? I said one composer. I was I was saying you asked me about my my thing with music and movies and things like that. I think um uh, Hans Zimmer. In my opinion, uh, there's plenty of composers, but I think Hans Zimmer, for me personally, is a really, really good composer. He does actually he does quite a bit of action movies. He's done um, the Spider-Man movies. He's done Batman, a couple of movies, but he's done other movies also. But wow. even listening to him talk about movies, like with the music, like he'll even break it down to explaining like each keynote or each chord. This chord is a depression chord, or this is a this D flat. Ah, uh, this is this is sad, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like to be able to have the science of music down, like mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate that stuff. So that's what music does for me in these movies. So, speaking of uh, Spider Man, the Into the Spidey Verse that Sony produced, that cartoon joint was off the chain, and the music soundtrack, uh, even that one little song that that that, that kind of uh, plays on every one of the commercials for it, and it starts it off and. That joint, I don't even know the name of the song, but it's, you know, the song that I'm talking about, Into the Spideyverse song? Yeah, and actually, uh, a fun fact about that, they made that song, they was writing that song as the movie happened. They ain't finished the song until they was ready, the movie was done. And that that's one scene, that's scene, what I'm talking about. Yeah, the scene in the beginning of the movie where he's singing it, they did mm-hmm. that last because they hadn't even had the song done yet until that. So I thought that was a pretty cool fun fact I found out about it. That's what I'm freaking talking about. Yeah, they didn't just go grab something popular that was popping. And it really, like, that song really goes with that movie. And it's so relatable, man. Like, it was like, it just brought everything to life from him wearing the the Michael Jordans, the first Jordans, you know what I'm saying, to, you know what I mean? It just, it just, it felt like us, man. And it was a reason why it was so popular. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, even the, um, even the Black Panther movie felt like that. In what they were trying to do, yeah, I'd be more appreciated yeah. later on. On what you know, what I'm saying like, what's that hip hop? What's my guy name? Not J Cole uh, from Compton. Not Compton. What dude from? Who uh, the 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 artist that um, he stand up, drink, sit down, drink. What's his name? Say it again. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick broke down some dope joints on that album and I think Black Panther movie will be more appreciated later than it is you know, kind of like one of those oh uh, man we slept on this type deal you know what I'm saying uh huh no yeah I, I, I love it man like like you said it, it the whole thing just the whole movie just had its own interpretation like even the song selection everything was originally um, everything was originally composed. Like I so said, they they didn't have. I don't think I don't think there was any song on there that wasn't an original piece for that movie. So right. that's always something that can be appreciated. So yeah, most definitely. Let's let's take some time right now, man. Now that we kind of like you basically showed your pedigree is definitely there. You know your stuff. You know what you're talking about. Let's dive into the Woo series, man. Let's get this Woo thing going on, bruh uh what's your thoughts man episodes one through five have been released an american saga the wu-tang story uh they are doing their thing building out what i would call or at least i hope to be a future series of episodes um after they release hopefully it evolves and continues and we get to grow with these characters we're, we're learning but what's your thoughts man tell me your feelings on the wu joint <coughs> Man, it's like amazing, man. I keep telling people, like, man, you. I tell everybody, man, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this, this, this show, man. I think this show is the modern, the modern uh, version of what the Jackson Five movie was growing up in uh, junior high for us. How that Jackson oh, yeah. Five came out. I think this is what this is in modern day. Like that movie is so amazing, man. How they breaking stuff down. I didn't know that. Um, for those that didn't watch the show, spoiler alert, let y'all know head up. Spoiler. I that, yeah. I didn't know that uh uh Ghostface and, and Raekwon had beef like that, bro. Straight trying to kill each other, bro. I didn't know that. 
So it, I didn't it, know it, that it, either. Yeah. So for me, it gave me that much more of an appreciation of what the group is, seeing that these are guys from different parts of New York coming together with, you know, the beef they had and all this stuff. It's cool to see how at the end of the day, how they done, how they come together to do what they're doing now to be who they are, man. So he gave me that much more of appreciation. I agree, man. So like feelings, man, as I like started to like really just take each episode one, one at a time and, and just, just getting a, a kind of overview of what was happening and getting the understanding. It was kind of, it was so unique because like you said, just even out the gate, they hit you with, okay, here's these different characters. Here's this internal beef inside of our own area. So like people who I got listeners from all over, to be honest, G and, and, and uh, for people who don't know about New York, there's boroughs and there's different places uh, within those boroughs for that's all considered around New York. And one of the smaller boroughs they are is considered Staten Island. And Staten Island, there's two places, Stapleton and Park Hill. Uh, so with that being said, uh, they are saying uh, out the gate, there's an internal issue beef bec- going in between people from Park Hill and, and Staples. So I'm just like, okay. And you you see they start to build out this beef like you're talking about. You see um, it's almost like we are saying we are competing against each other, almost kind of like the, the the high school beefs we used to have. If you said you went to Jennings like we did, the person you're talking to better not say they was from Berkeley or they automatically was going to be some we. We got to fight, but we got to talk about how we better than them. You know what I'm saying? Or stupid bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. So yeah, so I I I I kind of like I just feel like they did they're doing so great, just giving you like this picture of how okay this is where we come from and this is like where all this is stemming from, and they show like even like the. It kind of made it, it kind of like painted that great picture of what we got when we got the first Wu Tang album too. Because if you remember on a lot of those songs, you can listen to the rawness of it. Like it feels raw watching this. It feels like, dude, this is so raw. I can see this actually happening the way they're portraying this. Like it felt raw, vivid. It felt it felt real. And I'm sure it was some more a lot of more grimy stuff that goes along with. It. They really can't portray on the series but it just it just feels it just feels so relatable man it's so like oh yeah. it's 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 his own truth you know what i'm saying no most definitely and i think uh that's what i can appreciate about it even the more like it's literally it's the substance of it, it ain't just it ain't just like fast food they just rushing you uh two episodes they they we all meet rizzo he got a beat machine Oh, let's rap and now they Wu Tang. Nah, you seeing the struggle these cats had, you seeing how like even even now, like to see that they ain't even they ain't even necessarily Wu Tang yet. And we already five episodes in, but you got so much substance of who they right. are as individuals that it gives it that much more appreciation and anticipation of feel like, man, when did, how it's gonna happen, how this gonna work out. You slowly seeing the pieces come together, but it still shows how good the writing is. You can tell that these dudes are all hands on on this story to be able to give such detailed information and such substance. I think the whole thing, I think the one thing I can say is that the substance of the, of the show is what I can appreciate more. It ain't just some fast food straight to the music side of it. They showing like how they got there, you know? So once the music came out, you can, it's a much more of an appreciation to see how they got there. And it, and it reminds me too of and be like it's too many nuggets that's available in the Wu-Tang saga. Number one is kind of like be yourself. RZA is portrayed as this guy who is not necessarily um, like everybody else. Like you can see him walk into a beat of his own path, a beat that was nobody else was paying no attention to. They saw he was very talented. They saw his music creativity. And this is just all being explained in multiple, multiple episodes. They're constantly like little snippets. Where it's just like, oh man, that beat is raw, man. You did that? What is that? Or your tape is pop. 
each time like risen man you're doing your thing like they're giving him these praises and he's got this internal that's that next nugget nugget so it's like he could be his authentic self but he's got this next internal struggle this next struggle is like i got pressure the pressure from my outside outside influences the pressure pressure from my family on what i need to do i have this in this this pressure from my older brother saying it's time for me to step up and he has to be like that because older brother has been filling that place from a young age as i'm the man of the house mm-hmm. and you got you know what I'm- yep I start thinking about all these little dynamics in there. You start to say like, oh, man, look at that. Like, and, and it's difficult. You got a mom trying to play both roles and it's hard. It's hard for, you know, what I'm saying difficult for any parent, whether it's a female or male, to say I'm going to raise a family. You know what I'm saying? Without having another support person to help them out. So it's just kind of like, man, just looking at all these different dynamics, how the oldest brother like, I, OK, I got to step up. OK. And looking at well, things ain't going right. I got I got sent away. They sent me away to my to my 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 parents' parents. So my mom's parents' place, so I can grow up. And I had to stay the summer there or get learn or or do X Y Z and get away from the bad influence and figure out. Like you start literally looking at a lot of stuff, and you can start saying, okay, I can I can relate to that. There's a lot of similarities here. Um, I, I want I want to know your thoughts on this. We was kind of them creative dudes in high school as well. As you could tell, we still showing our creativity to this day. Um, and, and we've both done some uh, uh, amazing things throughout life. But them dudes are the same cats kind of like we were, man, just like having fun. And they just. Their craft just like. I'm I'm having fun, but I'm gonna believe in what I can I can do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, did you didn't didn't you um you went to the junior high as well, right? For Jennings? <clears throat> I went to Jennings um my whole life. Uh, yeah, that's what and I remember random as it sounds, did you do a talent show in the junior high? Do you remember those days? I remember them. I never got a chance to do it. Okay, so I remember the talent shows as well. But I look at all a lot of them guys, I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, you special to be up and just go and perform in front of your peers like ain't nothing and when they leave it just da- whether it was dancing or trying to sing or do whatever it was just like a time and place where it's just like what it just didn't seem realistic right and it just and uh-huh. i think about i just think about all the stuff i'm seeing right now in the wu-tang saga and just taking back little times and periods like there's moments in time where it's just like okay here's an opportunity Am I gonna take it by the horns, or I'm just gonna, you know, saying not? I'm gonna sit back and not do it. I'm. Gonna... I feel like if you got opportunity, hopefully you guys take this as nuggets, listeners. If there's an opportunity, take it. You know what I mean? Like the worst thing that can happen is is you learn from it. Even if you if you fail, you learn from it. Or the best thing that can happen, it turns out to be everything you dream. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think. Uh, I think even nowadays, when you look at the present present day, with like I said before, when we originally talked about the difference between back then and now, like whatever the opportunity you want to have, like you literally have it at your fingertips. Like you got so many, so, so much software and so many programs. If you want to be an engineer or uh, an artist, you can do all this stuff at home. They got programs where you can make short films like it, in your house. You can buy the stuff and, you know and do all of it yourself so i mean it's so many things so if you got a passion for like roy was saying if you got a passion to to do it man like you got youtube uh endless infinite tutorials on what you want to get out of life you know what I'm saying like i learned so much stuff just off youtube alone so there's so many things that you can learn and do you know just take advantage of a study and take right, it serious man, like so out of the characters on the Wu Saga, man, so I, is there anyone that stands out to you on them? Oh, bro, without question. Whoever playing ODB is killing it, bro. Oh, no doubt. So, okay, so his oh, name terrible. his name is TJ Adams, A-Shine Unique, ODB. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so uh, that's TJ Adams. Bro, and he is without a doubt <laughs> holding it freaking down, man. Without I mean, he got the dialect and every hey sure like he got the dialect and everything, bro. He killing it. He and that, I appreciate that. 
And I appreciate it even more because even from my own personal experience with music, I, I can't say that I'm I was actually a Wu-Tang head, you know what I'm saying, growing up with that. But one thing I did uh, connect to was ODB, mainly because even as an artist and the, the group that I had back in the day, Duke Season, we were always out the box artists. Like if you know anybody that that grew up listening to our music or knew us back in the day, like they all can testify. Like we wasn't doing the same stuff that everybody else was doing. We were just so weird. And even though we wasn't on ODB level as far as being so abstract and animated, we wasn't that on that level. But to see somebody being outside the box on that level, the hip hop level. I kind of connected to that. That's why I always had an appreciation for who he was and what he did. So, yeah, even though I wasn't the complete, I, feel that, man. I was completely into what he did. So I always appreciated that. No doubt, man. So I, my my experience, my uh, personal travel to the Woo was very unique. So um, in the metro St. Louis area, uh, it was a different dynamic back in the day. The Midwest, in my opinion, got a lot of stuff late. So St. Louis specifically got a lot of things late. It had already been popping and rocking. Um, we were finding out about beefs and what was happening after everything had already been like almost close to dying down, man. So uh, to me, uh, we didn't have like a lot of stuff that what we have now. But I remember growing up. Uh, area that was the most popular coming up through was like we had that down south love that everybody's bumping master p everybody was bumping like that that uh that anything that had real tough beats it was really big on beats the ugk was tough there was a lot of stuff but i was really hitting hard but i started getting different exposure on what was happening with the tupac biggie beef really started to explode so this is in my in high school and because of biggie's album i heard method man uh huh. It's a meth in Biggie's album because, and I was, and I was a heavily a Tupac fan in high school until I got to college and I became more of a Biggie fan, which is crazy the dynamic shift. But um, I, when I heard Method Man, um, so I'm going into because uh, the, the 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 Biggie was '94, and the release uh, when it really got to St. Louis hard was '95, and I had just got my car as a freshman. Um, um, uh, started. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. 15 and a half. I was right. I'm 15 and a half freshman. And then uh, my sophomore year. Yeah, so you remember the Regal, man. So (laughs) so, uh, this is so this is around. I got this is should be like 95, late 95. I'm bumping Biggie. I'm all on the meth. The what? I think the name of that song was with Biggie and, and meth. And then that's when my explosion. Now, Wu-Tang's already been dropped by now. And I knew some of the cuts. I knew Protect Your Neck. I knew the Wu-Tang classics from the 36 Chambers. But I wasn't deeply involved. This album, The Genius, Liquid Swords, my fave album of all time. Beast Mode album to me, man. I can listen to it all the time. Cold World, man. It's just one of those things where uh, Jizzle just, just really just took me like, okay, these these dudes is serious. I need to listen to Wu-Tang, know what the heck they talking about. And it felt like me because I love martial arts. I was the same dude, like you said, when we were even younger growing up, love loving the Bruce Lee Roy, the everything from the Kung Fu movies on Sunday, thing from everything you can name off, bro. I was I was deeply immersed in it. And then you grow get to 1997, ODB is blowing up to 98 when the album is released for real, for real, out in the area for us. It was just shimmy, shimmy, y'all, and I, oh, baby, I like it raw. And it it just went, it was just an explosion. I think everybody in Jenny's love ODB. Like, it was just, it was something that I think, to be honest, bro, if, if we were in a different area, even if it didn't necessarily have to be East Coast up there in New York, place that got not as late. Like, right now, it ain't no reason to be late because of the internet. But if we wasn't, uh, because we wasn't so privy to what was popping, and didn't know all that stuff. Like it's just kind of insane to me, like um, the dynamic of what we were missing. But then all of a sudden we started getting more exposure of it. And I think that's what took our love for this thing to the next level. And it was, it was like a unique time too. You know what I'm saying? Like very unique for the area. Cause we, it was like the one place that didn't have nobody that really blew up on the hip hop, like blew up, blew up except for that one dude, um, 
before Domino. nailed it. What was his name? Domino. Domino, exactly. You were so you know you. Of course, you should know you was on the music scene hard, but you you feeling me? What I'm saying though, you know what I mean? No, almost definitely. I had to laugh, bro. You said Master P back in the day, bro. I had to think about that Sebo trip, bro. That was hilarious. Oh, I, you remember? Oh, bro, I was like, <laughs> I had to think about that Sebo trip, bro. I thought it was some Master P. That's hilarious. Well, man, that TRU, man, we had it was true. What else was that? Uh, uh, ice cream, man. It, I mean, I'm just just back in the day, it was just about beats. I mean, they could they could flow, but they weren't flowing, they wasn't lyricists, man. Like, they, I mean, let me not say that because people gonna they all were, of a sudden they were, have <laughs> they was just a different level of lyricists. I'll just say that, man. They, they, everybody's art is everybody's art. I don't have any, I just had, I would just say that it was a different level of lyricist, lyricism. Yeah, like they, we was blasting uh, Sip the Shocker during the summertime yeah. on the wood. <laughs> I felt the Shocker. Well, we did. I, well, hey, if you, I ain't gonna lie, man. You listen to that stuff now. I'm like, what was I listening to, bro? I'm just being. <laughs> we listen to every day, bro. Every whisk. day, bro. Every day, man. And then, like, I definitely evolved into. I definitely had an evolution as I went to college and got a little bit different exposure. Uh, I would say so. So, give me your breakdown, man. Give me your uh, top feelings. Is which episode that really stood out the most? Is there a certain two or? And I kind of give you mine after that. Uh, I think um, the third one kind of stood out to me because you got a glimpse of what could have, what was slowly starting to happen. The third episode was when they did the rap battle, and you saw everybody kind of shine or get the opportunity like you you first start start seeing odb like mm -hmm. that's when he first started coming out mm -hmm. like yo you know, i can do my thing too then everybody got on stage killed it even though uh rizza spotlight wasn't that good it was still cool to see that like i said it was the it was the quick tease of what was going to happen which what we know now is wu-tang it was cool to see that little glimpse of them coming together that way so that's uh the one that stood out to me the most. Right, man. I uh also like I actually like that episode a lot. I also thought um the episode was that episode four when old boy died and the dude got shot for stealing all the, the drug dealers chain. No, nah, that was that was that was that was the same episode three. That was same episode. So, yeah, that's that was one of my favorites as well. So episode that really def that definitely is probably my fave thus far to date as well. Just seeing the connection and then like, you know what, to be honest with you, just that I thought was kind of weird. So you see this dynamic it is weird. And then it was like, Oh, they do, they doing this extremely well. So if you notice there little hints that are like, yo man, um, I'm not messing with power no more. Divine, the older brother who is like trying to say I'm the man of the house. Uh, it's kind of like trying to build his own empire in a drug game. And he's like, I'm not messing with power, which is, so Divine is the Stapleton dude. Power is the guy from Park Hill. And they have the the difference of, I think there's a, in a competition like we were talking about earlier. And if you, there's little hints, like they set it up, like they've always been beefing and they ne there's never been any friendship there. And then... Uh as you start to peel back the layers though, you start to see, and they pepper us with all these little things that said, wait a second. Like even from the latest episode, them dudes was cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Like they were tight, tight. And then you start to peel back the layers some more. If you're Wu heads, people who love Wu-Tang and you start to realize dudes are eventually all, you know what I'm saying? So like, you start to say, okay, what is they setting up for us? What's the real story? And it's kind of like they're giving us all these little sample bites, like the appetizer, and we ain't even got the full course meal yet. And it's like, it's like, oh man, they hitting us with the, oh man, you gonna bring this out on me for real? You gonna give me this too? And you'll give me that? Like they doing an excellent job with that, bro. Excellent job. It's just a hundred percent. And they, they dripping in different personalities at the right time. I couldn't. I'm. A, I had a struggle trying to figure out what characters were who. Sometime, like I was like, oh, okay, now I see that that uh, shotgun was supposed to be Method Man, and I would have never have guessed his uh, passion for just flowing like 
writing everything down and then all of a sudden you start seeing some of the old clips of how meth even meth when he did a recent clip he was like bro i'm he was spitting the flow with a uh, black thought and if you see that yeah. recent youtube yeah, youtube joint he's like man, i got thought next to me man let me Next to me, I gotta go ahead. I gotta go into the. I gotta go into the phone, man. Let me get my lyrics out. And I just thought about. And you see the episode with him, like, let me write that down. That's dope. And he just like spitting hot rhymes. And it's like, bro, like they are capturing truth. Like you can tell them dudes is working with these dudes, just like on straight out of Compton type deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Yep. You can always tell when when people have a connection. Even the new edition movies, like you can tell. That they was firsthand on on you know with those guys walking through that. So, but yeah, I think uh Dave Dave no. East though he, he killing Method Man too. That boy sound he got the dialect and everything down on him too. He got it down, man. He got it uh, down. But I did, I didn't know it was meth. I mean, I was just like, okay, who is this supposed to be? And I had to look it up immediately. Like I, it it everything explained itself later, but like. It's just crazy. They're doing the exception. Like the the one you, you definitely knew who ODB was. That was easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, ain't no confusing that. That's ODB. And then he was like, I didn't know that Jizza even had signings before and it didn't work out. Didn't know Rizzo was signed before. And you start, it just made it, it piqued my interest to really start doing even further diving into what was really going on at the time, man. It's just crazy, man. All right. So during this time, man, I always like to Put my 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 featured guest on the spot, brother. You about to be on the spot, my friend. You have to answer something for me. And uh, this is where this is where it gets uh, a little challenging because I give you, and then you need to take that and give me the answer. So uh, let's do this on a music tip. Let's see, bro. If I don't know the answer, I ain't, I ain't got no shame in saying I don't know, bro. Let's rock. Oh, man. I, I trust, man. I, I feel pretty confident that you can hold this one down. All right. Name for me. I'm going to ask for one from R&B. I'm going to ask Jeopardy style from the R&B side. The next Jeopardy style is going to be from the hip-hop side. That'll be the last one. Name for me three 90s albums from R&B that you would consider true classics for my listeners to to to, to remember and check out. Oh, bro. Um, 90s, man. 90s. Well, for me, I mean, you gotta go the second Boys to Men album because that one, that was, that was amazing. It went diamond in like two years, which ain't never been done in the history of music from any any genre. So that one was a classic. Uh, you got to go with Jodeci, um, Diary of a Mad Black Man. I think that's the name of that see The one, with, the one with Cry for You. Mm-hmm. It or classic also. And you got to go with the. You got to go with the menace. I want to say the Menace to Society soundtrack with Top of the World. All like, right, okay. That stood out to me. So even though that wasn't a, a completely R and B album. I will say that society got some hip hop on it too, bro. So yeah, it's not a all right. So all right. So now since we did the Wu Tang review, bro, I'm about to woo, give you some Wu action. Hopefully you can get this on the hip hop side. Name see, name you can do it, man. I have faith in you, man. Name <laughs> name uh as many members as you can from the Wu Tang clan. Uh RZA. Jizza, you got Raekwon, Ghostface, Meth. That's the OD. I ain't say ODB yet. ODB. Nope. Uh, Inspect the deck. Uh, I think that's all I got, bro. That's eight, though. I got eight, bro. I only heard seven. You want to do it again? I only heard seven, man. I heard Rizza. Seven, Rizza. Sorry, again. Do it again. Rizza. Rizza. Jizza, I'm saying this name right. The Jizza, you got Inspector Deck, Method Man, Rayquan, Ghostface Killer, ODB. Okay, I think I'm messing up. I think I'm messing up uh, the second name. 
No, you saying Jizzle, right? You saying Jizzle, right? So it's uh, so you said Inspector. You said so you and 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 the the unknown. Um, they is is. Did you say them all? Hold on, let me make sure. It's nine of them, and then it's the tenth with Capadonna. Uh, that that was recently added. Rizza Jizza. You got. Oh, you you forgot Master Killer. That's the one you forgot. Yeah, yeah Master Killer. You got yeah nine nine would be Master Killer, and then Cap and and, and Capadonna is the the tenth, who technically was added after the fact, and supposedly Capadonna is the dude that's in jail. FYI, with uh with Divine. Did you know that? Uh, you did know that? No, I didn't know that. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. So, hey, man, I appreciate you once again, man. I know I definitely got to get you back on the episode because on another future episode because I feel like you provide a And that's what my podcast is about, man. I talk about persevering through life. I talk about feeling good, believing in yourself, being your authentic self, and not worrying about you being a little different. I know uh, people sometimes fear and shy away from what society feels like you have to be. And sometimes society makes you uncomfortable in your own skin. But I want you to know that you are authentic just how you are. And if you can stay that way, you could be the best you could you you could personally be. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Darnell. Uh you definitely provided a lot of info for my listeners. Tell my people where they can follow you at, where where because I'm gonna put the information in the show notes, but tell them how to check you out, where they can, you know what I'm saying. Uh, subscribe to whatever you got going on. Nah, mainly um <clears throat> I'm mainly on my Instagram. The main thing is how you get in contact with me is uh uh my name, my stage name is Darnell Lamont, but my uh Instagram is still my my previous name. So it's dub junior Ivy League. So I spell it out. It's D is in David, U, B is in Boy, J R um Ivy League, you know how you spell the typical Ivy League schools. Uh, so Doug Junior Ivy League is my Instagram page. So you can follow me there. DM if you want to know about more of my music. Uh, connect from there, and you know that's mainly how I get a hold of me. That's perfect, my friend. I appreciate you in the last dragon. It's your host Roy Rob signing out. Appreciate you, man, for coming on the episode and, and supporting the movement. Check out my boy. Follow, and we are signing out.